Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Recently, while perusing my Facebook feed, I saw a video that added to and embellished verses from the well-known America the Beautiful, including lines like, America, America, God shed much grace on thee, so spread the love sent from above from sea to shining sea. It was being performed by Claire Lynch and Leah Gilmore, but what caught my eye was that the lyrics were crafted by Jesse Paladowski and John Morris, and I said to myself, wait a minute, I was going to interview Jesse Paladowski something like a decade ago, so maybe this is a reminder from above to spread the love, so I reached out to Jesse, and the rest is today's history. Jesse was a latecomer to writing and performing music, and he spans a range of musical genres, certainly folk, but jazz, swing, and much more are all part of his home turf. He joins us today via Zoom from the wider Washington, D.C. area. Jesse, thank you so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Well, thanks so much for asking me, Mark. A pleasure to be here. How was your Thanksgiving? It was lovely. My partner Connie and I had a simple meal outdoors. It was a beautiful day here in Washington, D.C. So we had dinner with Connie's daughter, Addie, and Addie's husband, Oliver, on the porch where they live. And then we went to the Shenandoah Valley. We rented a cabin through the Potomac Appalachian Trail Club, and we were right on the border of Shenandoah National Park for four nights. So we were very, very fortunate. I mean, we didn't interact with anybody. And It was quite safe, and it was incredibly beautiful to take hikes every day in the National Park. Can we say it sucks to be you? I mean... (laughs) Yeah, poor me. What was me? Yes. Do you, on a vacation like that, do you take instruments with you and make music? Is that part of something you and Connie would do? I do bring my guitar and my keyboard when I'm able to do that, and I did do that this time. And Connie has sung with the Washington Revels. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Christmas Revels, but it's a tradition that started in Boston and different cities do kind of a combination solstice and Christmas celebration in music. And it's something that's 35 years old. And Connie has sung in that here uh, in Washington, D.C., the Christmas Revels. So she's a lovely singer and we love to sing together. And I seem to never get quite enough time to work on my own music. So we do well having time together and then time apart. And I I love to work on songs and music when we're away. That's part of what makes me happy. When did you decide you were going to be a famous (laughs) singer-songwriter? Well, as the old joke goes, how do you make a millionaire out of a folk singer-songwriter? You start with two million. So uh, (laughs) I started going to folk coffee houses in Detroit, Michigan, where I'm from, when I was 15. And my older sister, Suzanne, performed in coffee houses and has a gorgeous voice. I would hear people like Claudia Schmidt, who ended up on Perry Home Companion as a regular back in the early days. And Michael Smith, who wrote The Dutchman, was in Detroit at that time and Spoon River. And I, I ran a coffee house when I was 21 called Compared to What? That We had a weekly concert series that included folk singer-songwriters, as well as bluegrass, as well as Motown session musicians. And trumpeter Marcus Belgrave, who played with Ray Charles, was in Detroit. And the Detroit Blues Club, a black electric blues musician. So it was quite an interesting scene for a few years there. I'm a late bloomer in terms of performing myself. I started writing songs and playing music when I was around 20, but it took a long time for me to get good at it, to be honest with you. I think for the first years, it was more self-therapy than anything else, but I'm fortunate that I've stayed with it, and I'm really delighted at the fact that one can keep growing and growing and growing, and even in your 60s, as I am, you can keep getting better, and it's like any craft. And it feels miraculous to me that I get to do this full time up to the time of COVID that I, for the last six and a half years, I've been a full time musician. Well, what did you do before that professionally? 
Well, I've done counseling in hospitals and in hospice. So I, I was at Children's National Medical Center for seven years working with kids with cancer and their families. And I, I would bring my guitar every day, but I, I would help folks find their source of strength in a time of crisis. And I've worked in general hospitals and ERs and intensive care units, oncology units with adults. And then for 10 years, I worked with home hospice in the D.C. area going to people's homes and again, bringing my guitar all the time. And so I, I also led music and healing workshops at national conferences for hospice organizations and for chaplaincy organizations and for Common Ground on the Hill, which is a multicultural arts and music workshop that's been meeting for the last 25 years in Westminster, Maryland at McDaniel College. I, I teach music and healing classes there as well. I also understand you were a co-founder of Quakers in Pastoral Care and Counseling Conference. That's true. This is the 30th anniversary of Quakers in Pastoral Care and Counseling, and I co-founded that with Bill Ratliff and Mickey Edgerton and Barbara Silverman. Wonderful. Speaking of therapy, I think we need some of your music to help us cure possible COVID blues, maybe People can easily go down a drain when they're cut off from their usual supports. What do you care to start with? <laughs> well, in 2002, I was spending some time at Pendle Hill Quaker Center outside of Philadelphia, and the pottery teacher there, Sally Palmer, suggested that some of us might consider keeping a gratitude journal just to uh, take note of how we were doing each day and to be thankful for everything that we had. And I was going through a rough time personally at the time, but I found that that was a transformational thing to keep a gratitude journal, just writing down three or four or five things that I was grateful for every day. And I ended up working in a prison, a women's prison, doing a retreat in Topeka, Kansas for women lifers and doing a concert there and, and co-leading a weekend for the women lifers. And I, I wrote a song called Give Thanks out of that experience. And so let's start with that. We're going to listen to Jesse Paladowski's song, Give Thanks. It's from his as-yet-unreleased new album called Our Better Angels. Get ready for angels through the music of Jesse Paladowski. Give thanks. Give thanks, look around us, we have so much. Fruitful fields, festive meals, turkey, sweet potato pie Laughter of a child, lovers thrilling touch Maples flaming amber, shimmering stars up in the sky Give thanks Afraid to say I'm wrong Dancing dolphins, penguins Pelicans and whales A hot bath, a good book The healing power of song Give thanks, look around us We have so much Fruitful fields, festive meals Turkey, sweet potato pie Laughter of a child Lovers thrilling touch Maples flaming amber Shimmering stars up in the sky Give thanks
just past Thanksgiving, that song, Give Thanks, seemed perfectly appropriate when Jesse sent it my way. It's from his as yet unreleased album. I think it's February or March. Uh, Our Better Angels is supposed to be released, right, Jesse? It'll be coming out in March. Uh-huh. And we'll be doing a live stream concert at that time and we'll let you know about it. When you say we, who's we? Well, I work with a wonderful clarinet and saxophone player named Seth Keibel, who has won 30 Whammy Awards, Washington Area Music Awards, as Best Instrumentalist. And I love working with Seth. He brings so much to my music. And bass player Scott Jambuso and percussionist Steve Bloom are often folks that I collaborate with. And vocalist Leah Gilmore, who does wonderful blues and gospel music and was part of my single America the Beautiful 2020. So I expect that a number of those folks will be part of this release concert. However, it gets arranged, again, in the tail end, maybe, of the age of COVID. Yes, it's kind of tricky these days, trying to figure out, you know, one of my band members, his wife has a recurrence of cancer, and so he is not going to do an indoor concert at the moment. Quite understandably, he doesn't want to put his wife at risk in any way. So it's possible we might wait until we can do it outdoors, which in the D.C. area could be mid to late March. But I'm really looking forward to it. I'm so excited to have this new release coming out. And producer Ken Whiteley up in Toronto has won numerous awards as a producer, and I feel so grateful to get to collaborate with him. And it's going to be a great day when we can do this. So the song Give Thanks, I didn't know before that it was essentially released because of these women lifers, as you said, in Topeka, Kansas. Was that the first time you performed it for the public? Well, I was asked to come up with some kind of non-denominational Thanksgiving before the meals we were going to have in this prison. They had gotten a special grant, the chaplain there, for special meals for the inmates, and they were very excited about that. And So I was trying to come up with something that might be meaningful to folks who were in prison, and I wasn't sure what that would be. So I just wrote the chorus for that, and then I ended up writing the verses afterward. Well, it was quite delicious chorus, I must say. A couple of the things that grabbed me in there, being thankful for Aretha, Pete Seeger, Coltrane, and Click and Clack, who are no longer on the radio, I think. No, I think Click died, actually. So yeah, they're not on the radio anymore. Were you a fan of theirs particularly? That's why I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> well, they always cracked me up. They, they were good for a laugh. You know, I, I wasn't a regular listener, but I appreciated very much the spirit of what they brought. And I'm not someone who understands cars very well. So anyone who can have a sense of humor about a broken down car is a friend of mine. <laughs> well, again, your unreleased album is called Better Angels. But it's not your first album you released. As you said, you're somewhat of a late bloomer in terms of writing. Right. This is my third full release. And then I have an EP that came out in 1997. But my first full-length recording came out in 2005, Food for the Long Haul. And Dancing Toward the Light came out in 2014. So this next song is called Last One Standing. My mom, Madeline... Isabel Leger Paladowski. Uh, her people were French Canadian, and she was number 13 of 18 children. She is the last one surviving, even the, all of the younger ones have died. And so, mom is will be 95 on New Year's Day. And I got my love of singing from my mom. Mom still sings in her church choir. In the pre COVID days, she would drag her oxygen tank to the church choir. 
She lives in assisted living in San Diego now. We grew up in Detroit, but she's out in California where I have a number of siblings. And, you know, she's really sad that she can't do that right now. We'll get on the phone and I will sing with her for hours. She, she'll wear me out because she knows a lot of songs. And so I, I dedicate this song to my mom. It's called Last One Standing. Jesse Paladowski is here for Song of the Soul. And his website is jessepal.com. Net. Questions about spelling come via northernspiritradio.org. Last one standing. Born in Detroit, Michigan, number 12 of 18. New Year's Day, coldest of the year. Your folks did their best Those depression years were mean So grateful when goodwill Would bring some Christmas cheer Now you're the last one standing Tora Lorelei Sweet songbird in the master's choir Ringing high and true Singing Ave Maria Que sera Tell me why your fierce will and your family And the good Lord has seen you through Two big sisters were nuns Brother Bill wore police blue Sang weddings and funerals at Jesu Brother Raul Played your way through nursing school Your favorite Eugene Gave his life in World War II Now you're the last one standing Turralurali Sweet songbird in the master's choir Ringing high and true Singing Ave Maria Que sera Tell me why your fierce will and your family and the good Lord has seen you through.
Jesse Paladowski is here today for Song of the Soul, and that song was for his mom, last one standing, who's, she's still standing. And you said, Jesse, that you got the gift of music from her. Did she give it only to you or were all 17 of you or something? All of my siblings love music, and there are only a couple of us who play an instrument. My older sister, Suzanne, has a beautiful voice and used to sing in coffee houses and then in rock bands. And However, after she got married and started having children, she only sings in her church at this point, but really has a drop-dead voice. The rest of my siblings love to play the CD player or the iPod or whatever, so they love music but are not practitioners of it per se. My mom's older brother was a Detroit cop, and he sang the Latin mass. We grew up Catholic, and he would sing weddings and funerals. He was a boy tenor, a boy soprano, rather, and then his voice became tenor, and he would sing for all sorts of different events in the church and for weddings and all that. And so my mom's, I didn't even know this until recently, but my mom sang on the radio as a young girl, as a 12-year-old. She would sing on radio in Detroit. So I definitely got my love of music from mom. Did she do anything particular to nurture the gift of music within you? Well, she tried to get all of us to play an instrument. I took piano lessons when I was seven and eight, and I didn't like that. So I just gave it up, and I didn't really start playing again until I was 19 or 20. But mom wanted all of us to play an instrument, and it didn't take immediately. But I'm so glad that I did finally pursue it. It's such a wonderful thing to have in my life. It's priceless. Were you in choirs or multiple choirs or anything along the way before you turned 19? I was not. As I was dropping out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> did you do that? I did. I, I My senior year of high school, I ended up hitchhiking around the country and just doing various things. I, I don't know. It just for whatever reason, high school didn't work for me at that point. And I eventually went to college when I was 23 and was able to pull things together. But I would spend my the money that I got from working in a record store on records and back in the day when they had such things. And I had a huge record collection. I would go out to folk coffee houses and go to hear big concerts downtown and usher at concerts at times. But music wouldn't let go of me. And I'm so glad it didn't. And I'm so glad I was able to really persist and get good at it. It's such a wonderful thing. Now, I first saw you, and I really can't remember exactly when it was, but it was at a Friends General Conference gathering, a National Quaker gathering, and I saw you and Richard Broadbent perform together. Do you normally perform solo? Is that a kind of thing you go around, do your workshops and so on? Or is there someone who's normally your pal on the stage? The economics of musicianship being such, I, I love to play with a band and a lot of songs I write with other musicians in mind. And I do play with this fantastic clarinet saxophone player, Seth Keibel, and a string bass player and different harmony vocalists. But it's not usually that easy to get paid to do that. And the other folks I play with are professional musicians as well. So I, I do a lot of things solo. And I also do some things when the finances are able to support that with other folks. And Richard Brabrandt is a wonderful songwriter who lives in Emmitsburg, Maryland, on the Pennsylvania border. And he and I have done a number of things together. We did a little tour of New England and we've done some other performances together. And yet we aren't able to do that on a regular basis. But I love Richard's songwriting and it was really a gift to get to write this next song lift me up together i wrote it out of my experience with hospice actually and wrote it for a retreat for hospice workers later on i was able to take a historic civil rights pilgrimage that was led by bernard lafayette jr who was congressman john lewis's college roommate bernard planned the selma campaign back in 1965 and he led this through common ground on the hill and so I was able to go to the site of the Nashville sit-ins and to the Highlander Folk Center outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, where uh, We Shall Overcome became the anthem of the movement and where the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee would have different training sessions and went to Johns Island, South Carolina, where some of the freedom schools were being held and then down to the King Center in Atlanta. And I got to sing the song Lift Me Up on that pilgrimage. And it gave the song a whole new level of meaning to, for me because I got to do that. And this song is different in that it's not from your soon to be released Our Better Angels. This is from Dancing Toward the Light. It is Lift Me Up. 
It's co-written by Richard Broadbent with today's Song of Soul guest, Jesse Paladowski. Lift me up. Wandering in this wilderness, lost without a guide. Just an ordinary man trying to make it to the other side. Don't treat me like a leper, ease my weary load. A simple human touch, and I'll feel less alone. Say, bless my tears when I am weeping. Don't judge when I cannot pray. Stand by in silent witness when I scream to heaven above. With your gentle presence, show a glimpse of that eternal love. Lift me up. And you gave me clothes Wounded on the journey Save me from the side of the road Thank you for the healing hand Thank you for the tender touch May the Holy One protect you When the pain becomes too lucky stars that you tuned in today to Song of the Soul to hear our guest, Jesse Paladowski. His song, co-written with Richard Broadbent, called Lift Me Up on the release Dancing Toward the Light. And Jesse Paladowski's website, by the way, is jessepal.net. That link is on nordenspiritradio.org, along with all of our programs from the last 15 years. We've got many hundreds of Song of the Soul and Spirit in Action guests on our site, and you can rate and download. You can listen to the programs over and over, any of them from the last 15 years. Find the links to our guests. We especially like it when you comment on. It's wonderful to have voices of community in our ears as well. And I'm sure that's true for you too, Jesse, when you're performing. Absolutely. It's so wonderful, especially in this time of COVID. It's a little harder to, I feel, withdrawal pains from not getting to interact with folks. And, you know, I am doing some live streaming concerts, but it's not the same as interacting with people in person. So definitely we all need that kind of interaction in order to feel that sense of connection. That's what it's all about. 
Also on the NordenSpiritRadio.org website, there's a donate button. That's how this full-time work is supported. Pretty often, Patreon and other ways are how musicians are making their way through the COVID period when they can't go out and play on your front doorstep. Certainly support Northern Spirit Radio, but support our musicians, support so many people who are doing good work in the world. And I particularly want to raise up the names of the local community radio stations. Community radio plays such a valuable part. There's a niche of music where you're not the nationwide famous people but you need to get music and activities out to the local folks. Community radio is invaluable for that. So please start by supporting them. Yes. Thank you to community radio and folks like Mark who do this out of, it's a labor of love and so grateful that you're here. And I, that you're here, Jesse. And again, because I don't remember how many years ago it was exactly that I saw you and Richard at the Friends General Conference gathering, but it was some years and I've had it on my checkoff list to track you down and get this set up. I'm so glad that we could do it now. The last song that we just listened to, Lift Me Up, definitely has a lot of biblical language in it. I mean, there's a parable of the Good Samaritan that's in there for sure, and a number of other allusions. You grew up Catholic, as did I, and we both eventually wandered into this group of miscreants called Quakers, a group that I find a lot of resonance with. But there was a certain language that you and I grew up with as Catholics, which you'd hear the stories, the sermons that was on the ecclesiastical's calendar, and you'd know the stories, right? There's so many words and phrases that would be common. You come into the Quaker world, and there are some common phrases, but the biblical language doesn't always pop out. Let's put it that way. (laughs) That's true. How many of your siblings continue as Catholics? Because I'm one of nine of us in my family who were raised Catholic, and zero of us continue as Catholic. Interesting. Which is kind of a significant decline. That is. Well, I would say that the majority of my siblings are are still part of the Catholic Church. Some of them are more cultural Catholics who will be married and buried in the church, but not necessarily, you know, devout Catholics. And But there are some who are quite devout. And in retrospect, I'm grateful for that upbringing. It gave me some grounding. And at the same time, I'm grateful that I was able to find my own path. That's kind of my take on it, too. Actually, I feel like to a large degree, there's a whole bunch of vocabulary and ideas, images of God and spirituality that I got. And actually, having grown up at the time of Latin Mass till the age of 10, I also got enriched by some deep spirituality beyond words. Absolutely. That's such a wonderful thing. And the mystery of I also experienced the Latin Mass until somewhere around that age, and uh, I actually was training to be an altar boy, and I learned the whole Mass in Latin, and before I served my first Mass, they changed to English, so I had to learn it all in English. And then the priest that, who said the first Mass that I, was Father Foley, who was 120 years old, and you couldn't understand a word he said. He was still saying it in Latin, and I had no idea. And when you were supposed to move the missile from one side of the altar to the other before the offertory, I had no idea where he was in the Mass. I was Fortunately, it was a 6.30 a.m. Mass, and nobody was there, so I, I wasn't too embarrassed. <laughs> well, I only made it to one lesson to be an altar boy, and then my dad remarried, and so I moved from being with my aunt and uncle to there. So I never got the full inclusion. So I'm still an outsider that way. I never, uh, okay. I never got authenticated, I guess. <laughs> never got your ticket stamped. Okay. Well, I'd love to talk to you about angel wings. Sure. Angel wings are a great thing. Can you show us yours on via the video here? Yes. <laughs> Tell me about Angel Wings. I have been a full-time musician the last six and a half years, up until the time of COVID. I've used music a great deal with people with dementia. I do a lot of gigs in retirement homes and senior centers and for folks with dementia. I've done that for the last 20 years or so. And one particular dementia unit that I go to on a regular basis, again, up until this moment, and I'm looking forward to going there again after COVID, On this small little unit of folks with dementia, there was a gentleman who played saxophone with the Doc Severinsen Orchestra on The Tonight Show. There was an African-American woman who sang with Duke Ellington in his musical A Woman is a Drum. 
And she was the first African-American to sing at the Spoleto Festival in Italy, the classical music festival in Italy. And she also co-starred off-Broadway with Harry Belafonte in the 50s. So, so these two illustrious folks in the same Demetra unit. And I don't know how many of you might have been familiar with a movie called Awakenings that Robin Williams was in back in the 80s. It was based on the work of Dr. Oliver Sacks, who was a neurologist who recently died. But Oliver Sacks pioneered the use of music with folks who had Parkinson's and dementia. And this particular movie was about folks who were had kind of a sleeping illness, who were on this floor together that Robin Williams was portraying Dr. Sachs. And they were all in the sleeping sickness until music kind of woke them up. And I have had these very, very profound experiences of music waking people up, whether it be with dementia or folks in hospice care. And I've had experiences that have just put shivers up my spine, literally. On this particular dementia unit with the saxophone player and the singer with Duke Ellington, there was a woman who named Wilma, an African-American woman who was six foot three. And she would just be crouched over with her head down, her eyes closed. But when I started playing music, she would get up and start pirouetting around the room, dancing around the room, just from the music going. And I couldn't believe it. It just melted my heart. And I wrote this song for Wilma called Angel Wings. Here's Miss Repetit Bopping to the beat Music swell Magic in the air those happy feet Life is oh so sweet Stepping with her favorite Fred Astaire When that big band swings She soars on angel wings Duke's grooving in a mellow tone Sways with amazing grace Rapture The only truth she's ever known Dance to the Dorsey boys Kirk's twelve clouds of joy Jitterbug, jiving and cha-cha The boys all fantasize They'll win her as their prize Ever after will be ooh-la-la When that big band swings She soars on angel wings Duke's grooving in a mellow tone Sways with amazing grace Rapture on her face Grooves the only truth she's ever known Billy's got the bounce Joe Jones jumps the count Minnie the Moocher Cab Calloway When she steps to that jive Weary soul revives Hawk, Bennett, pressure can't play Club. 
satchel blows his horn The dead will be reborn We'll cut the rug in St. Peter's pub When that big band swings She soars on angel wings Duke's grooving in a mellow tone Sways with amazing grace Rapture on her face Groove's the only truth she's ever known Groove's the only truth Groove's the only kick Groove's the only faith Groove's the only joy the only church Groove's the only truth she's ever known Thank God for Jesse Paladowski and that song, Angel Wings, Grooves the Only Church. How true to my own experience, what you're just talking about there. I don't go to a lot of dementia units, but I've been traveling for more than 30 years as part of a group called the Friendly Folk Dancers. We do a ministry of peace through international folk dance. Oh, wonderful. And we were in England at one point, traveling around. We performed at a combination retirement home and nursing home. So we had people who were ambulatory and fully cognizant in the group, and some people in wheelchairs who were just not there at all. And I was pushing one around in a wheelchair in direction to dance. We had performed and done some other leading of dances. And then we got to, in England, they call it the hokey cokey. In the U.S., we call it hokey pokey. So we're doing this. And this woman who had been completely blank, you could, you know, run your hand in front of her eyes and she would not flinch, nothing, just not there at all. We started doing this. And all of a sudden, she started doing the motions and you could see her lips moving, singing the song. She came out of that exact hibernation you're talking yeah, about. It's just incredible. It's just incredible. Yeah. Well, that's a gift that you're giving to them as well. And I mean, it's a gift that music gives to us uh, so widely. Yes. We all know that music is powerful, those of us who are lovers of music, and yet it's even exponentially more powerful than we know. By the way, uh, there's a little bit of swing or there's swing jazz and other things that are part of your repertoire. It's clearly not the Latin mass that I'm hearing coming through. (laughs) (laughs) I love a lot of different kinds of music, and I'm a songwriter first. When I go to these retirement homes and senior centers, I I know over a thousand songs in many different genres. And if you find a song that touches somebody's heart, you're their best friend forever. I mean, they fall in love with you. There's something about the power of music. And it's so cool to know a lot of different kinds of music, a lot of different genres, and, and to have a wide repertoire because it really makes it possible to connect with so many different kinds of folks. And here in the Washington area, I live in Montgomery County, Maryland, which is a mile from Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia. And our school system, there are a 100 different languages spoken in Montgomery County, Maryland. So it just helps to know songs from a lot of different places, a lot of different traditions, and music cuts through so many different boundaries when you're able to do that. So I'm, I love to continue to learn and learn different styles of music in different repertoire. Yeah, and music transcends language, which is kind of awesome. I mean, how many of us don't know Frere Jaca or whatever you right, know, we, right. we, in some language? And back in 2014, I was in the Congo, the far eastern end of the Congo, right next to Rwanda and Burundi. And we're going out to these little villages where they have a little bit of electricity sometimes, maybe. I mean, we're really out in the boondocks and we'd have hundreds of people show up and we'd do the song, I Love a Rainy Night, and we'd be dancing to it and we'd have them try and do some motions. And it is amazing to watch. And we left there with a lot of kids who don't speak English singing, I love a rainy night. 
I love right? That's great. So uh, we know that we're in their hearts and their faces are indelibly burnt into my retina because of all the beauty I saw there. That's so beautiful. Let's continue with Jesse Paladowski's Song of the Soul journey. What's next? One Candle is a song that I wrote. I've been going down to Common Ground on the Border in Suarita, Arizona for the last six years. And I'll actually be teaching for them online in January since we're not going to be able to meet in person. It's a gathering of folks who are working for border justice based in a UCC, United Church of Christ church, but it's people of all faiths and no faith who are working to provide humanitarian care in the desert for folks who are crossing the border, folks who are desperate to find a new way of life. They're leaving water in the desert. They're leaving food. They're trying to help folks who are detained by the border patrol. They're saving lives. And many of those folks who are doing this wonderful, important work are vilified for doing it in this horrible political climate that we're living in, and even being vilified by family members for helping out fellow human beings who are in danger of dying. So I've been teaching music and healing class there and performing while I'm down there. And this last time I was there a year ago, my partner Connie and I led a retreat for the Samaritans on the Border Group just to help them replenish, to nourish themselves and to work with some of the secondary trauma that they're experiencing from watching such horrific things happen and finding people who have died in the desert and trying to you know, just help folks who are undergoing horrific things that we can't even imagine. So out of my experiences down there, I wrote this song, One Candle Lights Up the Deadliest Darkness, just being inspired by the work of the Samaritans I also took a cue from Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, who talked about when there was a time of trauma or great tribulation, his mother would always say, son, look to the helpers. You know, don't focus on what's going on that's so traumatic. Look to those who are trying to make a difference. And so the second verse alludes to the high schoolers from Parkland High School who came up to Washington, D.C. after the horrible shooting in their high school and made some prophetic witness here for our country. So this song is called One Candle. One candle lights up the deadliest darkness One flame will shine through and show you the way One flame will give light to millions of candles Till darkness dies in the new dawning day Samaritans leave water in desert Some lives they say far too many die See sisters and brothers in the eyes of the stranger Using to just turn away and walk by One candle lights up the deadliest darkness One flame will shine through and show you the way One flame will give light to millions of candles Till darkness dies in the Students of Parkland Bringing the weak politicians to shame Emma stood strong and the country went silent Made everyone watching breathe and feel the pain
What is that one thing life requires of me? May I be faithful and not hesitate. Make me a channel of healing and wonder. May I not return hatred for hate. One candle lights up the deadliest darkness. One flame will shine through and show you the way. One flame will give light to millions of candles till darkness dies in the Jesse Palodowski says in that song, one candle can light so many other candles. And that's what in fact happens through the work of people like Common Ground on the Border or the students who were witnessing against gun violence. You make reference, Jesse, to Emma, who stood and stood in silence with tears streaming down her face, moving so many hearts so much more eloquently than words could do. That is one of the most powerful testimonies I've ever seen in my life. And this was on national television, Emma Gonzalez, just standing there for eight minutes and 30 seconds or however long it took for that gunman to shoot that great number of people. And there were adults coming up trying to give her the hook, get her off the TV. And she was like, forget it. I'm standing here. And I I cannot imagine having that sense of groundedness and that sense of conviction that she was just going to stand there and make her statement. And I had to somehow give a shout out to Emma Gonzalez. Well, for good reason. She's a saint and a prophet at the very least. (laughs) Not a saint, I don't know which words. Of course, you and I both having grown up Catholic, saints had one meaning. But I think we've all known a number of saints in our personal lives. Absolutely. And I was curious about one thing about your transition. There's certainly people like John McCutcheon and Carrie Newcomer and others who are well-known silent friends, that is to say, part of Quaker meetings where typically it's an hour of silence. Some musicians have said, well, that would be anathema because, we, you know, I want to be in the choir. I want to be out singing. I want to be making noise. And this silence thing kind of just shuts down it. Tell me about your relationship to silence and your connection of music and what that has to do with or as opposed to silence. I'm one of 17 children, and it was hard to get any kind of silence or quiet. And I would go on long walks by myself. I'm an introvert to begin with. But I noticed when I moved out and got my own place, I really, really enjoyed having some silence. And I was drawn to Thomas Merton, who was a great social activist, but a monk who lived in a monastery in Kentucky. And I did a workshop with the Vietnamese Buddhist Thich Nhat Hanh, who was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize by Martin Luther King in 1967. I have found meditation to be very helpful. And the Quaker style of silent worship also is something that deeply has spoken to me. So I I didn't know that so much growing up, but it's something that definitely has grown on me. And I find that if I do not get some silence in my daily life, that I get a little bit crazy. So silence is food in a way that music is food. They complement each other for me. Have you sung out of the silence? I was just wondering if the music and the silence are mutually exclusive to you. I have sung out of the silence at times. Have you had songs come to you in the silence? Yes. Send Down Your Healing Waters is on Food for the Long Haul. And that is a chorus that came to me in the friends meeting here in Washington, D.C. Well, we're almost out of time, but I think we can include one more song. How can we conclude your song of the soul, Jesse? Let's go with the parting song. Wow, how appropriate. You must have pulled strings to make that work out. I don't know how we did it. It's magical. I started going to folk coffee houses when I was 15. I mentioned that earlier. And what struck me was when the music was really happening and there was this communion between the audience and the performer, I thought, this is more church than church. I, I really, that was what came to me. I mean, this, there's something so soulful about what's happening here, and I want more of this. And the parting song is 
a pion to that kind of experience where everybody is just feeling this sense of oneness and the miraculous sense of being uplifted together and you don't want it to ever end and you're looking forward to the next time. This is a beautiful song coming up, the parting song. I love it. I assume you do it as a sing-along or something. I mean, that's right. when you're doing jazz numbers, generally that's not sing-along time. That's generally not a sing-along. Yes. And, uh, you know, in terms of a, a career move, uh, two of the career moves that I've made that haven't been the most useful, however they happen to be Jesse Palodowski, is I probably wouldn't have chosen to be a, an unprogrammed friend. <laughs> I might have chosen the Unitarians. They support musicians a lot more, you know. And I probably wouldn't have chosen to love jazz and klezmer music and so many different genres to write in so many different genres. And I probably would have stuck to one genre, perhaps folk music. However, I like them all and they are, they all express who I am. So I'm not going to complain about it. I'm grateful for it. However, but so the, the parting song is a sing along and invite you all to sing along as you're driving or making dinner there in your kitchen. One more comment I had about this song that I assume somehow you were on the same track as I would. Again, having grown up Catholic, drinking was a big part of Wisconsin Catholic churches in any case. And this song, which has some of that feel of an Irish drinking song, right? right. Will raise one last glass. You're yeah. raising a song. That's right. That's right. Was that a conscious decision to raise a song instead of a glass? It was. It was a conscious decision. I was running a concert series here in Washington, D.C. called the Carol Cafe, a monthly series that had all sorts of wonderful folks. I'm sure, Mark, you would have heard of some of them, like Brother Son, Kim and Reggie Harris, Magpie, Claudia Schmidt, all sorts of wonderful traveling musicians, Lou and Peter Berriman. Uh, all of those whom I've interviewed. I, I figured, <laughs> I somehow figured and my co-founder of the Carol Cafe said, Jesse, you have to write a closing song for us that people can sing. And this is what I wrote, the parting song. Well, it's a wonderful song, and it's a wonderful song to take our leave today for Song of the Soul. Folks, we've been with Jesse Paladowski, and his website is jessepal.net. And that there's no I in Jesse. It's J-E-S-S-E-P-A-L dot net. And if there's ever a question about spelling, no one misspells northernspiritradio.org. <laughs> well, they misspell Peladovsky all the time. So anyway, <laughs> Northern Spirit Radio. Let's thank you to Mark Judkins helps me for such a wonderful interview and this opportunity to be on Northern Spirit Radio after so many years meeting at French General Conference. The gratitude is really all mine. I thank you so much, Jesse. And folks, get ready for a wonderful song. You're going to carry it away with you and be singing it for the next three months, and you'll be passing it on to everyone. It's the kind of thing to pass on communicably that's good to do. <laughs> Here is Jesse Paladowski, one last song. It's from his recording, Dancing Toward the Light. Again, jessepowell.net, the parting song. We'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. Gathered from near and far, fiddle, bass, and guitar, laughed, danced, and sung the whole night long. In our mellow glow, candles burning low, now it's time to raise our parting song. May the sun kiss your shoulder, wind always fill your sail, may that music sing within you, till we meet again. No more dues to pay, my blues just fly away, we're in paradise in the Twinkling of an eye Always happens when we sing Cares and fears we bring Transformed as we raise our voices high May the sun kiss your shoulder Wind always fill your sail May the music sing within you 
for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helps Meet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.